0: Now, health trusts here have almost trebled the amount spent plugging the gaps in hospitals due to the shortage of doctors. Over the uh, last six years, indeed, the amount spent rose from 28.4 million to 83 million. Incredible climb in cost. The cost associated with medical negligence claims also has soared. This is according to the Northern Ireland audit office report and Kieran Donnelly is the controller and auditor uh, general and he joins us now Mr Donnelly, good morning Good morning, Frank Uh, These are startling figures and what can be done in relation to the cost of doctors those figures are soaring
1: Oh, they're they're definitely soaring and um, you know, they've really spiralled this last five or six years Uh, What can be done? Uh, There's no quick fixes, but um, what's really important is uh, long-term workforce planning. Uh, The Department of Health uh, did launch uh, a new workforce planning strategy last year but I think uh, we're living with the consequences of maybe inadequate workforce planning going back over 10 or, or 15 years. So that, that's one dimension to it. Um, and it takes a long time to train a doctor. Uh, but uh, working as a locum has become almost a, a lifestyle choice uh, for, for for many medics, and it's very, very lucrative. Uh, the report goes through different types of locum cover, uh, there's a first of all there's an internal arrangement, an internal bank arrangement, it's the health service own uh, locum system but that's not very well used and only 20% of doctors are registered on it. Then there's uh, contracts with um, agency firms agents uh, and there will be predetermined rates on that those will be a lot higher rates than the, the internal system and beyond that again uh, there's non-contracted Agencies uh, where uh, you know health trusts are really stuck, uh, and they have to go outside the contract, and that's where really high rates are being paid. Uh, and I suppose what's particularly worrying is uh, you know the the percentage of locum spend attributed to the non contracted agencies is uh, last year up on thirty uh, percent, and it's very
0: high in s- some trusts. Do you think there's a there's a, an element of of greed within the doctors who prefer to be locums because of this generous pay that they get?
1: Well, I suppose from their in terms of their own lifestyle decisions, you can see from their perspective how how it makes sense to them um, uh, because. Um, you know the the pay the pay levels are are, are very very attractive indeed, and we have uh, some figures in the report. that says uh, particularly with non contracted agencies, you know, a, 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 well, say a middle range doctor, junior doctor, uh, could earn two hundred and forty thousand, consultant three hundred and seventy thousand. That's significantly
0: higher than uh, you know the the remuneration on a full-time post. So on the 240000 that a locum doctor might be costing Uh a year, is that salary to the doctor or is that the amount including the agency fees?
1: Well, it could be, but there's agency fees in as well. I think the point I would make... uh, Locums do provide an important support service, particularly in terms of dealing with short-term peaks and troughs in uh, in need. Uh, what's happening now, locums are increasingly used to fill permanent posts Uh, so when a permanent post comes up uh, difficulty filling it and then uh, so long term locums are are used so that was never really the, the intention and I think that's the difficulty
0: Because we get mixed messages in terms of the status and certainly the financial benefits of being a doctor at one end of the scale we have doctors who simply can't make ends meet and they can't meet the requirements and demands of the job and they're moving away from the traditional GP role that they, they, they may have and then at the other at the end you have people who are locums who sound like as if they're earning a quarter of a million pounds a year when I'm sure they're shouting back at the radio now saying we're, we're not, we're not
1: uh, Well no that, that's uh, the upper end of the range and I'm not saying All locums are earning that, uh, but there's the potential for locum work to be very lucrative, and I think that that would be widely accepted.
0: In the meantime, the challenge is to play catch up because you know if you were, for example, a hospital manager and you were struggling to plug the gaps due to the shortage of doctors, you know, would you bring in locums to actually do the work, and would you pay the extra money, or would you close down some of the services because some of those A and E services couldn't survive without them?
1: Uh, There's a real ethical dilemma if you're a health service manager. uh, You can't get key staff uh, and it's sort of Hobson's choice. Do you pay absolute top dollar uh, to get uh, locum staff or do you close down a ward? And and that's where it gets very, very difficult.
0: But but what would an Auditor General do? He, He would only see the figures. He probably wouldn't see the patient.
1: No, well, no, no. Well, um, in my world, uh, I'm not just concerned about figures. It's about quality of public services. So we have to look at all of these issues in the round. So we're interested in much more
0: than just the figures. The uh, Resources they are spread very thinly. There, there are gaps everywhere. So, um, if if we're going to have gaps, it's going to cost to to plug them. Are we ever going to manage to catch up in that game of playing catch up because of what the current crop of people have inherited from the past?
1: Uh, there is a solution, I suppose it lies, one solution in the, the Bengoa proposals uh, on health service transformation. So I suppose uh, we're staffing up a, a model of services of service that isn't optimal uh, so part of the answer, I think, lies in uh, health service transformation and reconfiguration of services, and also, of course, in uh, better long-term planning,
0: workforce planning, uh, and, and simply training more more doctors. And do you have faith that that is going to work? Because we've, you know, Bengoa has been seen as a panacea for so many ills, but we, we're still having the same conversations. We're
1: still having, uh, none of this is a quick fix. Uh, and I suppose on the positive side, uh, we do uh, see movement on the ground in terms of reconfiguration of certain services, for example, stroke services. So, so there is work going on in the background.
0: There's no doubt about that. And the actual agencies, do you think they're doing a good job? Because the, whether it's nursing agencies or locum agencies, they seem to be providing essential staff, but at the same time, they seem to be a drain on the, the health service?
1: Uh, well, they're certainly providing a service. Uh, from our perspective, what's important is uh, that um, health trusts actually effectively manage the relationship with those agencies. And that's not just on the financials, it's also on the quality of service. And uh, one of the big things in in my report is uh, the importance of uh, pre-employment checks on on locums. And uh, there have been lapses there. Uh, So there's a quality of service angle on this. Uh, first of all making sure that uh, proper pre-employment checks are done, making sure there's compliance with the European working time (laughs) directive Uh, making sure that the performance of locums is is properly assessed and there's, uh, you know, when they finish an assignment that uh, there is a report on that. So quality of service is just as important, even more important than the financials on this.
0: So in the meantime, it's better to have a service that doesn't have the gaps we have to accept we're going to have to go with the expense of locums.
1: Uh, No, but even uh, there's more can be done to actually get a grip on uh, the more expensive locums uh, so for example uh, some trusts have been more effective than others and uh, you'll actually see in the report uh, that the Western Trust back four or five years ago was hugely reliant on um, on locums that were out, out of con- not, not through the contracted agencies uh, and they have got a grip on that and uh, the percentage of locums coming from Non-contracted agencies has dropped from 50, over fifty percent to sixteen percent. So there is a lot more can be done,
0: even in the short term. And, and just finally, uh, Karen Donnelly, as Controller and Auditor General, how worried should we be about the rising cost of medical negligence?
1: Uh, well, it is one. It's another drain on the the public purse, and uh, I suppose it's a diversion of resources from frontline activity. So. Uh, the cost is creeping up, uh, so we take the last five years, the cost of settling claims and also the projected cost of dealing with claims in the pipeline is about 390 odd million. Uh, that compares to about 252 million in the previous five year period, so there's an upsurge of about 50%. And it's not due to more claims, uh, the claims level has been fairly static. It's more due to the, the average cost of claims going up. And um, we do recommend that uh, the department have a very close look at this. What learning can we take? from this caseload uh, it's very important uh, that where things go wrong uh, the learning isn't confined just to the, the trust where the problem arises but the learning needs to be uh, spread over the entire system so that's one of the key lessons arising from this report to actually maximise the learning when, when things actually do go wrong.
0: And just before we do go because I tend to ask this question of people of your status when I have them on this programme would we be assisted if we had a government?
1: Well, of course, we'd be assisted if if we had a government. So, for example, uh, one of the recommendations in in our report is uh, the department should take all steps within its powers to progress the establishment of a statutory duty of candour. So we need ministers and uh, an assembly to, to work that through. That isn't to say a lot of
0: background work can't be done in the meantime. Well, it is another, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but it sounds like as if the controller and Auditor-General is suggesting that we could do with a health minister and other ministers in place. And you're echoing what every other senior person who comes on this programme tends to say as well. Not just uh, people with status or seniority, but uh, people generally who contribute to the programme. Karen Donnelly, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Karen Donnelly, the Controller and Auditor General, talking about his report and the cost of the health service in relation to the locums and medical negligence as well. Uh, Good morning to you if you're just joining us here on U105. 02890 three one o five is the best number for whatever is on your mind it is the u105 phone in through until noon hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part